This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to a very special episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I have convinced Daniel, who, as I speak, is my fiance. But when you hear this, if all goes as planned, will be my husband. It's the second time I've used that word uh, in like the last couple hours, and it feels very weird. Anyway, I've convinced him to come on the show. He always said that he would come on the show at some point, but he always pushed it off. And then I realized I feel like we need to have a whole My Fiance Daniel week, uh, which is this week, as you hear this, he will be on this show you're about to hear, and he'll be on the Thursday show. Uh, we actually re- just recorded the Thursday show, so we are a little bit out of order. You will not be out of order. Daniel, hello. Hi. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm anxious. Don't be anxious. Yeah. This is just weird for me. That's all. I'm right. You're... I think the only reason I didn't do your show earlier, though, isn't because I'm shy. It's just because I work and it's hard to get over here. I've described you as shy before, haven't I? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I don't think I'm shy. I think I'm private. Right. I'm not used to, you know, just getting up in front of everybody and broadcasting details of my life. But you've made me more used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I. it's not that I made you used to it. It's that this is – whose phone is – is that yours? Mm-mm. I'm losing my mind. I'm probably hearing things that aren't even there. I thought what it sounded like is like someone, you know, that thing when you like hold the bo- the button down too long and then you get the, can I help you? Siri. Oh, I didn't hear Sounds that. like Siri being activated. Um, anyway, I feel like it's less that I've like gotten you used to, to uh, being open as much as you realized you can't fight it. <laughs> mm. There it is again. You heard that, that too, me? right? It might be you. That one I heard. It is. Oh, fucking Siri. I swear to God. (laughs) Siri starts talking to me randomly throughout the day. They need to make this so that you can have it in your pocket and not have Siri butt the fuck in. Siri, (laughs) well, Siri comes in even when your your phone's on silent. Yeah. And then Siri will be like, I did not understand what you're saying. You say, no shit, Siri. I didn't ask you to talk. (sighs) Sorry. It's okay. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anyway, as I was saying... Have I forced you into uh, into dealing with it? Um, yeah. Is it I has it been accurate. weird? I think at first it was because I was trying to find the line. You know, I. Uh, it was just I. I don't know what it is. I, I think when, at first you don't want things to be disclosed that might be embarrassing or might um, be, you know, too one sided or inaccurate. Um, and or might involve other people or what. And then I just kind of realized that there's nothing you would say that, as, you know, because I think at first I started to try to draw lines. Yeah. right? Like I was like, you know, don't talk about this or whatever. And at first, you know, we you were trying. Yeah, you were trying to sort of come up with here is what I feel comfortable with you talking about. Here's what I don't. And and 
it was you didn't want to discover anything about how I felt on the podcast if it involved you. Like if I if it was something that some kind of issue that we were having, you wanted me to talk to you about it as opposed to finding out about it from the podcast, right? Does that ring mm-hmm. a bell? Yeah. And and I there may have been a few other things or whatever, but and I remember I was like tearing myself up inside because I would come home and I'd be like, okay, I have to tell you something minutes on the podcast, and you would then get nervous because and then. And I would tell you, and it, you would still be nervous because I had this weird energy about it. And then you'd hear it, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that was nothing. And then right. we realized that maybe it would have been better if I had – I felt like I had to warn you of everything that could potentially bother you. And then that ended up kind of creating more Sturm and Drang, if I'm using that correctly, in our relationship. Not in our relationship, but just for both of us. It was stressing both of us out. And then I remember, and it was like a very um, happy moment for me – or it was a relief, you said to me, you know what, I trust you, just use your own judgment. And that was like such a gift to me because I had really been been locked up on like the spirit, I mean, on the letter of what we, right. you know, I was like literally trying to make sure I was doing what you had asked. Right. Yeah, I think you almost always make it kind of about yourself anyway, so it's not, <laughs> I don't mean that, like, about, but you the know, it's like you're, the, you're talking I about your experience myself. I yeah. don't. I don't say embarrassing things about you. Yeah, I think that what, um, yeah, I think what I was really worried about was being made to look like a schmuck or um, having d- things discussed on the podcast that were, you know, we're still working out, mm-hmm. you know, like if it was a disagreement we had or a fight or something like that, although we don't really fight, but just something where there was some tension about it, uh, you know, talk to me first and let's resolve it. But. I don't think there's ever been anything you've mentioned where I've really had a problem. Is there anything you want to set the record straight about, though? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like there, I, there's probably like two dozen things that I would want to set the record <laughs> straight about. But I don't remember what any of them are um, for the most part because I think if I kept record of them in my head, it would drive me insane. So I try to just like let it go. I think – uh, I, the, you know, the, the reason I can think of recently with the cake, okay, um, the wedding cake, the wedding cake, <laughs> when you made it sound like it was this disgusting cake that I liked. And <laughs> I would just like to say the for the one record, that tasted like no, just butter on bread, right. which I actually like I would to... like, but not when it's being, I'm told it's <laughs> right. cake. No, it, t- it was oh, delicious. Like Play-Doh. That's what I said. It, it was a delicious like. cake. If you like Play-Doh. I would just like to say that you like things sweet. <laughs> Too like nuclear sweet. Like <laughs> if anybody has like the misfortune that are chemically sweet. Right. If I don't like has, sugar. I like, <laughs> if anyone has the misfortune of tasting your coffee, like if they accidentally think it's their own coffee, <laughs> their their whole face would implode. Like one of those, you know, those pictures of that old man with no teeth where he sucks his lips into his face. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you drink your coffee. <laughs> he had a sip of the coffee. I don't know. I just you like things really sweet, and I think what you. I mean, yes, it was buttery, but I think what you really weren't liking about it was that it didn't have it would, enough sugar. Right. But, but I would have like, preferred a buttload of Splenda probably. Yeah. But I, I, like, I like things that aren't so sweet. So, But it's always stupid little things like that. Like I don't think there's anything major. I can't even think of anything. Well, there is a tiny thing. That is not – obviously not major because it's tiny. Um, I told the story on the podcast of the val- – it was Valentine's Day. We went down to a party uh, at my friend's oh, yeah. house. I was in this – just horrendous mood. Um, it's so, so 
stupid. It sounds so stupid, but because I had had a wedding dress fitting and the wedding dress was like, what had happened was it was sitting too low on me, but I didn't realize it. So all of a sudden I was looking in the mirror and I was like, this thing that I once thought was so beautiful is not, it doesn't look right at all. And then sort of like, um, someone who go- gets way too much plastic surgery, we started like to try to fix things. We were starting pu- putting all these pins in it and it just was totally changing it. And it just felt like we have fucked up this dress. It doesn't look pretty anymore. And, um, and I just have to just suck it up. But and like my mom, I there was a thing with my mom, and I just couldn't really snap out of it. Went to a party, saw a bunch of my friends who I hadn't seen in a while, and afterwards I said to Daniel, "I'm glad that uh, we went. I'm glad we saw them because I feel better now." And you said, and "I don't know exactly how you said." It. By the way, the dress is now fine though; it's fixed. We I ended up calling them the next day and saying, "Don't don't do all the things that we thought we wanted." I realized I just needed to like unzip the dress, pull it up, zip it, and then it was fine. Um, for anyone listening to sleep over the dress. <laughs> I am talking to myself. Okay. Um, anyway, you said that you wished you could be the one to make me happy sometimes. Yeah. No, that's not exactly how you said it. No, I think I said something like, um, I wish I, I – yeah, just I wish I could make you happy like that or yes. something like that. Which even when you say it now, I still hear it the way I originally heard it even I'm, though we've talked about it and I know that you meant it in a different way. Yeah. In a different I, way. Like it's – so I talked about on the on the podcast this idea that it's weird the person that you're with all the time that you love with all your heart and that wants the best for you sometimes like that person can't snap you out of your bullshit in the same way that seeing people you don't see that much can because you sort of have to rise you know you you're not going to like be a total wet napkin around them I think that I think that where things got screwed up was I, I think I used the wrong tense. I mean I think what I meant to say was I wish I could have made you happy rather than I wish I can make you happy. It right, made it sound I th- like – I felt like – this is not – I was like, God, you can't even let me be happy around my friend. Right, right. <laughs> I think God, Brian's not here to turn that into a drop. I thought – I thought why are, why are you making me have to worry – like – Oh, I can't be happy without you feeling like – without you taking it personally. But then what I realized is you just meant it like in the way that you would say to someone who's sick, I wish I could make it all better. Yeah, and I think part of like, it – Like not like I wish I – it wasn't about you. It was just you were just saying you wished Honestly, it was something better. I said and, and I, it wasn't something I was thinking and then it wasn't something I thought about after I said it. It wasn't like – So a, you heard the podcast. Well, yeah. And it, I think that – um the reason I said it was that it was, you know, it was circumstantial too. It was it was Valentine's Day, and the day, you know, we had plans to go out for dinner, and then you were already down there in Orange County and changed plans. So I had driven down there, and when I got there, you were in that state where you were really worried about the dress and really unhappy, and I felt like we hadn't really connected that day. Which is fine, really, because honestly, this year, Valentine's Day felt like a huge well, yeah, pain you, in the you ass. You said that you were not into Valentine's I Day. I was totally cool with the plans being changed. I don't want it to sound like I'm like, you know. But I definitely got the sense that Valentine's Day was not important oh, to man, you. Like, you had, made, reser- you had made reservations at a, at a place for dinner because I said, let's do something. Yeah, so I was actually totally happy with the, the change of plans. I love your friends. It was a fun party. Um, but I think that I didn't get any 
of you that day, um, we weren't really you weren't really connecting because you were really up in your head you, about I'll the dress. I'll see you at the wedding. <laughs> right. That's fine. But I think when you said that, I'm joking, it made me. But not. Yeah, it made me. It just for a moment, it made me think that, and so that's why I said that. It was like, oh, I wish so. I had some way of snapping you out of it. Uh, but I think, you know, part of being in an intimate relationship is that you, you know, kind of okay. This is a person that I can feel safe, totally obsessing on these really dark thoughts or whatever with, and I don't have to rally and put on my game face. Which sometimes is that splash of cold water that's, that shocks you out of something, which is what happened with your friends. Now, I can't do that because I'm the one that you're, you know. That, the genuine, yeah, not, not that fun self with. But mm-hmm. did you mean it? Because, see, I wondered, we talked about this, did, but did you mean it like, I miss you? Like, did you mean it like, hey, can't you, I wish, I wish you were more pleasant around me? No, no. I just meant it like I wish I had that magic, you know, whatever way of snapping you out of something. Like, you know, it's it's hard because you really, you know, you get really upset, you know, and it and so sometimes I just want to be like, hey, you know, like put that aside for a second. Let's just, you know, think about other things. But you know, I I don't have any way of doing that. So that's what I think I was commenting on. You, one time we were in Las Vegas. It was pretty early in our relationship. <clears throat> we got into an elevator. Do you remember this? And I saw myself in the mirror. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Is that how I look? Um, so I have pretty – I feel like all women have body dysmorphia, but I feel like I have it more maybe or maybe we all have it the same degree. I don't know. But because I was overweight for so much of my life and my weight is like it's always fluctuating. I'm just – it's – when I am nervous or when I'm anxious or just my weight is my go-to thing. Like I w- if I have a meeting uh, – you know, it hasn't happened in a while, but like a meeting coming up, I'll step on the scale. And if it's, you know, if it's like up a couple pounds, then I'll want to delay the meeting. And if it's down, then I'll be like, oh, I can go. And I mean it's I, – I feel like this is pr- probably quite common, but I just don't – I just don't see myself clearly. And I don't know – there's a lot of different ways – in which I see myself and sometimes I think I'm too generous to myself and sometimes I'm too harsh and I don't know which one is the correct one. You're never too generous to yourself. <laughs> You're way too hard on yourself. But when I was like a big lump in high school, I would get – and before – I would get crushes on these guys that I had no chance of being with and – or someone would pay attention to me and I would think they liked me and they never did. It was like – they were just being a human being or just being friendly. And I, like, I guess the thing is that I, miss, I read signals wrong from people, from guys. And therefore, in a way, it's like I thought that I was m- better than I was. That's the wrong terminology because that like, suggests a value judgment. But I had I – had, uh, I didn't see myself clearly in that scenario, I guess. And it's like I've been beating myself up for it ever since. You think that's what it is? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I know. Would, I would develop crushes on girls that were way out of my league. Um, and in retrospect, it was a way of not having to <laughs> you. Um, I'm kidding. Um, it was a, a way, way of, of not, not having, having to be in a relationship. Of, right. Because, I, you know, I was really, you know, as my mom would say, a late bloomer. <laughs> and all, And it's like I just wasn't – I didn't want to grow up. 
fast. Yes. I think. And I didn't so, want to get locked into having to be an adult. Yeah, and I was a lot of very adult things were thrown in my face early on, and so I was not in any hurry to be a part of that world. Like what? Well, you know, my mom and my stepfather were kind of, I don't know, bohemian artists, and so I was around a lot of, a lot of like, just open talk about sexuality. Um, you know, uh, just frank in kind of sex and drugs that we, not in any kind of weird. Did you see sex? I, you know, I don't think so, but you know, it was there. My, you know, my mom and my stepdad would walk around naked all the time. It was, it was just like, I, I feel like, and he, um, had in his art studio, he had all sorts of graphic pornographic, uh, pictures all over the place and things. And it was just, Tell them about if you if you don't mind. Tell them about the the kitten one. The kitten one. Which one? Wasn't it like a cat in a jar? Oh, <laughs> yeah. We had a shed, a tool shed, and when you opened the door, he had a T-shirt that he'd stretched to display, and it was a picture of a cat in a jar, and it said, "Happiness is a tight pussy." <laughs> and I just thought it was a cartoon cat. I was like, "Oh, I, yeah, that's a funny shirt." I had no idea what it meant, you know, until I was like. 13 or something. I was so innocent. But yeah, I think all that stuff was really scary and ugly to me and, and, and frightening because um, I was exposed to it so young. And um, so I think when I got into high school and all the kids were experimenting with stuff and doing drugs and drinking and partying and uh, you know dating and having sex, I was just like, I want to read comic books and be up in my head and I don't want to worry about any of this stuff. So yeah. I don't know. What were we talking about? I know. I forget how we got onto that. But what I was going to say, what I was saying before was we got into the elevator. Um, oh, yeah. No, we were talking about body dysmorphia and then how we saw ourselves in high school. So anyway, I got oh. in the elevator and I looked in the mirror and I said, is, I said, is that how I look? Because I couldn't tell if it was an unflattering mirror or not because I just looked like so awful, so fat to me. And then you said, please don't do this right now. And I didn't. I stopped. Oh. Do you remember that? No, that worked. It's weird, yeah. Because had had that had, was your one. Damn it! <laughs> you burned it too early. I, I forgot my trick. Well, it's like sort of like you know with a dog, <laughs> they they recommend that you sort of stop. Don't let them get into an excited state. Like stop. Like redirect their energy. It just. But you know what? It was early enough that I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I we're like trying I to have fun. I, I can't do that now though because it seems rude. Like. If, it, it was I remember thinking I'm amazed that worked and didn't bother me but it it worked and I thought yeah I'm not going to put you through this. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think that um see I have a hard time uh I tend to want to take everything on, you know. And so I don't know if um it's it feels like if you were in a state and you were going through it, that I have to be there with you. I need to, you know, help you through it or I have to listen to you and that kind of stuff. Uh, for me to say don't do that right now would seem um, – it wouldn't seem compassionate. Um, well, but, but th- that was also on it. We were <clears throat> on a trip versus now like it would happen in our office or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You feel like you have to be in there in it with me. Do I make you feel that way? Well, a lot of that is just codependency, you know. A lot of that is just me feeling like I need to, you know, 
take on every emotional state you take on. I mean, that's something that is very unhealthy that I'm trying to work on. But knowing what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate is something that I'm just trying to learn right now. Do you feel that with everyone or with just me? No, no. Yeah, just you. Give a shit about anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I didn't know that you put it that let you look at it that well. I guess I did know that you look at it that way. Well, see, but but do, but do you think I'm the same way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we love each other. <laughs> if we weren't this way, though, yeah, I heard that too. Um, if we weren't this way, would we still be together? It's so hard to know because it's so hard to know um, how much of our personality you know, is affected by that kind of behavior. I don't know. Maybe, probably not. Well, okay. I know what made me codependent, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. What made, I want to know what, if you know what, if you have an idea of what made you that way. And mm-hmm. I'll go first. Um, I've just always been kind of, I don't know, an empath or really empathetic. And that was that my kindness and my compassion was really, applauded very early at a young age and like that's kind of how I defined myself is like I'm just this, you know everyone's I'm, I'm your new best friend um like there's this story of me being in preschool and this boy was crying and I went up to him and and I hugged him and I said what well, you know what's wrong and like, his friend was playing with someone else and I hugged him and I said I'll you know I'll, I'll be your friend um and also I have parents who felt like no one ever listened to them growing up and uh I don't. I just got trained really early to sort of read my parents' every mood and be try to try to feel try to make up for everything life did wrong to them by just being this like 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 to try to fill in all their empty spaces in a way, which is not healthy for a kid. It's not you know, but I think I'm just I can just walk into a room and I just feel feel what's going on. Um, and take it on. I think that codependency comes on with when you have parents who are um, when there's and I'm not saying necessarily this is your case, but in mine, when there's chaos or when there's a lot of erratic behavior, when you have a, um, you know, especially like alcoholics or any kind of addic- um, addict in the house. You're the child is, I think, forced to become super, super sensitive uh, for their own survival, um, because you because have to they know. have to be able to in a minute know what's yeah like I the corner, yeah, yeah you, you you just have to otherwise you're going to be constantly um, bombarded with rage or something yeah. you know you don't know what's coming at you from whatever angle so you end up you know you step in the door at home I mean you know because I had a um, I had a stepfather who was an alcoholic and a you know an addict of of a, a rainbow of different addictions and you know he would. I would come home from school and he would be um, maybe napping and if he woke up, you just – you had no idea what kind of mood it was going to be, whether it was going to be uh, you know, friendly or what he was just going to be this intense you know, rage monster and whatever it happened to be though, you needed to survive and you needed to cater to him. So you needed to be extremely aware of whatever emotional state he was in and so – that is uh, – I think that's the where it comes from. does for me. I now think that, I'm the rage monster. No, but um, – no, you're not. No, never, but. 
No, no, no. But I mean, I think that I feel like I need to know on some deep level. I think I need to know where you are emotionally and be there with you. That makes because sense. if you because if I don't, then I'll be blindsided with something. I'll you know something will. I think. I mean, I think. I don't know. Well, in that way, we both have that. I just want to go back and say, I'm not a rage monster. No, I can be a cranky. Actually, I don't think ang- I don't. I don't think anger is something you actually express very often. No, I don't think that I that's- probably would be better if I did. I think yeah. both you and I are like that. Yeah. Um, I used to be more angry. But- right, you did go through, but mm-hmm. before me, an angry. Right. So well, this is so interesting. You consider yourself an intense person, mm-hmm. and I always say, no, you aren't, because I can't stand intense people. <laughs> I can't be around them. I'm allergic to intensity, and so therefore, I, I would never be with you if you were truly intense, which think, is uh, neither of them. None of that is true, really. I think you might be uh, defining intense differently than me. Yeah. I mean, you might be defining it as a, you know, Scary. sort of a character. <laughs> Yeah, like kind of a, a, a shade of rage. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, intense more. Just like I'm a, I'm a pretty, um, I'm a pretty passionate guy. <laughs> it sounds like there's no way to say that without sounding like an idiot. But it's like you know, like I feel things uh, strongly. You're sensitive. Well, yeah, but I'm also like, I like things to be bold. I like to, you know, I'm, I'm not like a wilting flower. Um, so that's all I mean. I don't. And I can come on strong like at work and in different parts of my life. I think I can intimidate people really easily um, without intending to. And that's kind of what I mean. It's not, I'm not projecting anger or anything, but I, I can project intensity. See, that's so interesting. I think that you have this notion of yourself as almost like a bull in a china shop, like lumbering and just yeah. not being nimble. But really, I don't, I, I don't see you at work, obviously. But – you seem much more fluid socially than you think of yourself as. Like, I feel like you really can hold, you know, you've, yeah. like, here we are at, the, at, at Corolla Digital, but you've, you've been he- here numerous times. You've come into gatherings and parties and things where you've only known me and I've been otherwise occupied. And, like, you're totally fine. And you don't, you don't give off that I'm alone or insecure, or someone help me vibe, like, at all. Maybe to a fault, Mm-hmm. Maybe to a fault you come. We've talked about this. I mean, to a fault you might think you come. You are overly independent. Um, yeah. Well, I think this gets to the difference between how I think of myself in the world and the reality. I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge gulf, you know. So I think that uh, I think I tend to think of myself as someone who doesn't um, fit in and is doesn't know how to, you know, how to behave and, you know, and yet. I think that I'm, you know, if I'm being objective, I think I'm pretty good at that stuff. It's just that I, I, it's hard for me to let that become part of my, you know, worldview, I guess, or my my belief system. Why? Um. Well, I think that it's. <laughs> I feel like you know the answer. <laughs> I actually don't right now. Um. I, well, it's because I think uh, as a child. Uh, I mean, this is something that I've learned in therapy because I just started. You you got me into therapy. It's funny because I always thought I don't need to go to therapy. I'm fine, and then I start going to therapy. It's like, oh wait, <laughs> the whole way I see the world is wrong. I got you into therapy. Maybe not got me into it, but I think I got into it because I wanted to make sure that the relationship worked and that my shit was taken care of. Like, I I don't want to keep making the same mistakes, and so I realized that something is not working 
the way – like some things – there's a I, – I realize there was a difference between the way I thought things should be and the way they were kind of turning out. And so um, I wanted to see if I could get at some of – some sort of concept of what's wrong in the way that I'm perceiving myself and and, th- and it's – I have. And basically um, it has to do with the fact that I was – my parents were very, very young when they had me. I mean my mom was 19. I think my dad was 20. Uh, they did not – it was a total accident. They were in college and – you know, they tried to they, – they got married. They tried to make it work for like a year or so and then they got a divorce. And it was always um, – you know, my mom, my mom always let me know that she loved me. But it was clear to me as a child that, that their lives would have been better or at least this is what I felt. I don't think this is actually true. But their lives would have been better if I hadn't existed. So um, – you know, because my mom was in a relationship and the, with the guy I was mentioning, and he the tight pussy guy. Yeah, and he was always jealous if she ever put me above him. So she and and he was like, like, like I said, he was a very angry man. An awful guy. And so my mom would have to like spend all her time. She worked two jobs. I mean, she worked really long hours. So whenever she was home, she was always with him and catering to his needs. And as a result, I was just on my own. I was alone, and I was, for lack of a better word, I was kind of neglected. Uh, my dad would always tell me that, he, you know, oh, I would have been a writer if it hadn't been for you, but I had to go to law school. And so, you know, and I don't think – I think for him there was an implication. Of course I love you, but he wouldn't say that. The message to me was just, oh, your life would have been a lot better had I not been born. And so I think – Was he trying to express to you, look what I've done for you? Or like what do you think – or what what do you think he was trying to express? Do you have an idea? Oh, boy. Uh I, I really don't know. I I think that my I th- I, my feeling I could be wrong is that my dad um, has trouble with, you know. I think people can hold two contradicting emotions, and I think my dad does that, and it causes him a great amount of guilt. I think he he struggles with it because he doesn't want to feel the negative stuff. Uh, like he does love me. I know my dad loves me, but I, at the same time, I think he may. Um, he may feel that um, – is that my headphones? I'm hearing it too. No, it's not. It's just a – Okay. Because um, I don't want to make it. No, um, it's not you. I think he may feel like a series of things happened to my dad where his life didn't go the way he wanted it to. You know, he had health problems and he had to move and then he, you know, he had me. And I think um, I, I think that he's on some level uh, kind of has resentment about that or feels um, – like this – like, oh, like angry that he didn't have more control over the direction of his life. And I think m- to him, me being born was part of that. I don't think that – I think if I were to say that to him, he would be horrified to, to think that I took it that way because I think, you know, well, of course I love you. What That goes without saying. But, you know, a child doesn't interpret things like that in that way. So, um, you know, I think I understand his resentment. Um and I, I don't hold it against him that he's resentful. Uh, I think that he feels guilt about it. But anyway, I think um, that set – you know, whatever your belief system is as a young child, it's like the operating software on your computer. So from then on, everything <laughs> in school, high school and afterwards was 
run that the software was running on that program, which was you were a mistake and you don't belong in this world. And so when <laughs> that's a re- this is a really fundamental answer to that question, which is why. But it's like when I'm in a social situation, I I feel like I don't belong. I feel like this isn't like I'm not supposed to be here. That's really where it's all coming from. So that's what I that's like what I'm working on. Do you feel like reaching out to me and your relationship with me and stuff? Like how how do you square that with that um operating software? <laughs> well, I mean, I think I became aware of it enough to try to push against it, you know. And I think I think with you um You know, I think I had enough of a sense of self-respect and a desire to be happy in this in this world that I could push against those feelings even though I would have them in the back of my head, you know. So it was like with you, I think I was <clears> – I just felt such a strong, overwhelming sense that I needed to know you. Like I, it was this weird. I, it was like almost. I felt like I was going insane. Well, so for listeners who don't know how we met, you heard me on the Adam Carolla show. Yeah. Well, I. I well, no, you knew of me before I, that. Yeah, right? I saw you on Red Eye once, and I followed you on Twitter, and then I promptly unfollowed you on Twitter because I tweeted too much. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think I didn't really know who you were. Like I followed you and then I didn't see you again on – and then I would get all these tweets from you. I'm like, who is this person? Yeah, and it was, right. it was so just – Were you like, wait, why did I follow you again? I think I was just trying to pare down all the people I followed to people. So I, makes I sense. Yeah, sorry. It's OK. And, uh, <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, maybe nine months later you were on the Adam Carolla show. But you watched my Ustream show once or twice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Then I you thought it was cool. Me. Yeah, then I quickly, quickly unfollowed you. <laughs> Like I didn't hesitate. It was just bam. Right. I don't want any more of these. <laughs> uh, every Sunday. Jesus. Right. It was every Sunday. Uh, um, yeah. So then you were on the Adam Carolla show, which I listened to and uh, enjoyed you on that. And um, and then without getting into details, I just read I, one morning something happened um, in your life, in my life uh, that was really hard it was emotional um, and scary, and I, I was just trying to process it. And so I was—I don't know why—I uh, went on to your blog. I was just reading your blog post, and you had a lot of—you know—you you have your voice is very uh, light and upbeat and funny. Loud. Um, <laughs> and then you had one that was that way at first, but then I felt became really um, poignant and moving. Re- and I could see how good a writer you are. Like I was just really impressed with how well written it was because of with a blog, it's such a dashed off thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's just a blog post, whatever. But it actually showed um, that you had a mind for being able to construct something that took you somewhere, uh, which was is really hard to do as a writer. And – it was really good. And so I sent you an email uh, just because as a writer myself, I, I think, you know, you might want to hear something, uh, some feedback. And then I think after that is that is about 
around that time when I was reading your blog, that's when I started to feel like you and I and I started watching more of your videos. I felt like, boy, she and I would really get along. Like I it was just this which is not something I feel ever. So it it's so rare that level of s- certainty that I felt I had to make some attempt to I was just, and I remember talking to my mom I'm like I I think I'm going insane because there's this person and I she's you know she's a celebrity and I don't you know I what, what am I doing is this am I avoiding life you know and um Right. You thought maybe this here you are with your commitment or avoidance issues yeah. and how perfect you've set your sights now on someone that you have no chance well, of you know, meeting. What are you doing? Because back to what you were saying, what we we're talking about with uh you know, falling for you know, having a crush on someone that's out of your league. Um But I didn't feel you were out of my league. I felt you were just someone <laughs> I felt hey, listen, if I had felt you were out of my league, I would have been too intimidated to do anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. <laughs> All right, you're out of my league, Jesus. That I'm kidding. Ish. I have enough a high enough opinion of myself that um no, I mean out of my league in the sense that you I it was impossible to make contact with you, not that you aren't beautiful and amazing. Um oh boy. Uh <laughs> yeah. Um See, this is what I was afraid of. I would say something that um, – I'm kidding. No, I know you are. Um, so I think that uh, – what was I saying now? Uh, you were talking to your mom and you were, you were saying you feel like you're going crazy and maybe you're avoiding things. No, so it wasn't that – what I was saying is that it felt like you were just – it was more that you were someone that I had no way of getting to know. I mean you, you, it was like we're standing on two you know, sides of the Grand Canyon. I, it's not like we had any mutual friends. I don't, you know, I don't, like, it just felt like this, what, what the fuck am I doing, you know? Like, this person is not someone I can, I can um, get to know. So why is, why am I making it this thing that I want to do? Um, but I, um, oh, is that it? See, my phone has that's so weird, though, because usually cell phones don't. That was an educated guess. We'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. No no apologies necessary. First Siri and now... Then the comment Chris and about. I just wanted to look at pictures of, of Oscar. Yeah, of right. Oliver. Oliver. Sorry. No, I, I feel like I've called him Oscar before, too. Okay. It's, well, a, good, it's a good alternate name. Oscar? Yeah. I never call him Oliver. No. Ollie? <laughs> no, I call no. him... Okay, so his... <clears throat> Middle name is Peanut Oliver Peanut Rosenquantz, but we call him the Nut or the nut. 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 But it sounds like we're saying he's a lunatic, but really it's just short for. He's just the Nut. Yeah, it fits. Well, but that's not. There's other names you call him as well. Yeah. I Care to share any of them? Oh Jesus. <laughs> um, Panucius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, snoosh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lots of. Well, I don't know what I'm calling him these days. I don't know, but I know that Nutsky, the nut. Lovington Nutton sweets. Ski. Lovington sweets. Well, yeah, Lovington sweets. <laughs> no one is enjoying this. <laughs> I am, but you're right. We just. Yeah. 
Uh, Thanks for listening, people who had been listening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back back to this. Okay, so you felt like, yeah, I just what felt, are you doing? Yeah, I felt like not, I, how, I'm not going to be able to get to know this person. But at the same and time, it felt you, like I, I – I, it felt like I was going to. That was the weird – but that's why I felt like I was going a little crazy because it felt like intellectually I know that this can't happen. But emotionally, it felt like I was going to. What? Why? I don't know. Because I think meeting someone that I feel I have – I would have that kind – that I feel – it's like a recognition kind of. Like, oh, here's a person that – I can, I can, I get what she, I get every beat of what she's saying. I get, and I would, I, that's how I think. That's, I would be on the other side of that conversation and we would get along. I never, I never feel that with anybody. So it's just like to, to, I, it just felt like I'm not going to, that's not going to happen with someone that I'm not eventually going to know. That shows a lot of faith in the universe, so to speak. Yeah. I do have a lot of faith. I have that kind of weird faith. I mean, I would not. Yeah, I would not still be here in Los Angeles if I did. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so that's what it was. I don't know, but it feels like insanity before it becomes reality, and then it just seems like you know you were you you had it all figured out or something. I don't know, but it before before I actually got to know you, it felt I felt like I was going crazy. Well, and also because you had been in a long term relationship mm-hmm. that had you guys had broken up years before, but. Didn't did you have didn't you have this sense that maybe like you you were holding out for something that you know that's maybe not realistic maybe you should have just hunkered down and settled down and and this thing that you thought you wanted mm. Um, mm-hmm. is is not realistic yeah yeah I think that. Um... I think she and I were just different enough that it wasn't um, – I knew it wasn't going to be right in like for the rest of it. I remember someone telling me um, that uh, you'll just know, you know, well, when, when do I know when I'm going to get married? Like who, how, do I, how do I know that? Because I was struggling with it, you know? And she said, oh, you'll just know. And that just seemed like that kind of romantic bullshit people say like love at first sight. Who was that? Uh, it was a woman that I work with. Um, sorry. The, the chair is squeaking. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it felt like just one of those things that you'd see on a Hallmark card. Like it just doesn't seem realistic and that it, real life is generally more of a accept- – Compromise? Well, you just sort of – you accept things and you and you make the best – that makes it sound awful. But it's just like you – you um, take what life gives you. You take what life gives you instead of ho- holding out for some sort of uh, fairy dust to be sprinkled on you. You know um, that. You know it's sort of like you know you grow up watching romantic comedies and you, you know you see oh all you have to do if you like a girl is chase her, chase after her in the rain and tell her how you feel and then you do something like that in real life and you find out real fast that that is not how life works and that is not you know I mean. <laughs> Yeah, like I once made a card for a girl on Valentine's Day in high school. I painted like a rose on it and I wrote a little poem in it. And I thought because, you know, I was a romantic and I thought, oh, I'll just tell her, um, tell her how I feel. She didn't. She never talked to me again. Like that was the, that was the end of that was the end of that friendship. So um, but did it rhyme? 
Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was horrifically embarrassing and <laughs> totally poorly written. But, um, yeah, I think that. Uh, but I think with you, it did feel that way, and so I was like, oh, okay. Um, all right, this is something. This may, this may be something real, except that I I, I need to somehow. Um, get to know her more more about getting to know you than than like the part. but once contact. we got yeah but once we got to know each other then it really became like and the way that happened was so you email I've I've told this before I think but you emailed me and I I think maybe you had emailed me a couple times before that like just jokes or things like just mm-hmm. real light things but then the email where I you try to dazzle about, you with my comedy mm-hmm. yeah it didn't work. I mean, I get a lot of dazzling emails. So, but then I noticed when you there was something very genuine, and heartfelt. You had reacted to something I wrote, and mm-hmm. and it was like you know, as a writer myself, I would, I think you said that I would want to know if, mm-hmm. you know, how something I wrote affected someone. So I thought I should let you know, and I wrote back right away, and I was like, oh, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Something pretty formal. Yeah, you were nice though. Yeah, and then I, I don't know. I know that it's some point we exchanged emails a little bit and i know that when you asked me to be your facebook friend i know i had already checked you out on facebook mm-hmm. um but there was just i had some sort of recognition in the email at least that oh this is someone who uses lang i don't know it's like you write the way i write right. or, or via how you write i can tell that like, your brain works the same way mine does right like i could have written the email that you sent me yeah, I, I, it would have been weird, but and I felt comfortable. It's like a cadence almost. I felt comfortable being myself in early email. Like I felt comfortable revealing more of myself earlier with you than I would have with anyone else. For that reason, because I knew I just knew that it wouldn't it would be understood by you. The funny thing is that makes it sound like we had some like long correspondence and fell in love online which is not at all how it happened right. we had exchanged a few emails i i took notice of you because i do i you know i get a, a lot of emails um but you stood you're stood out mm-hmm. in a way where i was like i'm looking up someone who's emailed me on facebook like i felt weird i did about include a, a picture bit. of ducklings that's right so you did. that helped it didn't actually oh shit <laughs> i mean i appreciated it but i thought it was the ducklings I appreciate I appreciated the ducklings, but I'm just saying. Um, so then, let's see. So what happened then? Well, actually, while I figure out what happened then, I'm going to take a quick break to tell you guys about something important. Do you know what's coming, Daniel? I bet you can a feel it. A spot, I hope. Well, spot, no. This is a genuine, heartfelt bit of information about the no-no. You've heard me talk about it before. You've seen my no-no that I have I've at home. used it. That's right. Uh, the no-no is a hair removal device. It's this device. It's totally portable. It's about the size of a cell phone. Um, and stop paying money for laser hair treatment removal or waxing. All that is it's inconvenient and expensive, and it's painful. The no-no is completely painless. No tugging, no pulling, no scraping. You just glide it along your skin. Um, it doesn't hurt at all. I was afraid of it at first when because I'm a, a big wimp. Daniel, back me up. How much of a wimp am I? Massive wimp. I'm a wimp in that, like, if I just grip something too hard, I'm like, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah. So that's how much of a wimp I am. But but I then I used the no-no, and it really, not only does it not hurt, you don't even feel it. Um, 
It, and it works on all skin types, all hair colors, and safe and effective for both men and women. And there's a special exclusive offer for you guys, my listeners. Um, and here's what you get. You get the no, no, no device. You get an exclusive facial kit so you can use it not only on your body but also to remove facial hair. Uh, you get a travel case, which is very snazzy, by the way. And the entire purchase is backed by their triple guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay – uh, for you to ship it back to them. So you don't risk a penny to try the no-no. Terms and conditions may apply. And here's how you get it. And here's how you get this exclusive offer. Go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. Again, that's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815 and uh, tweet me and let me know what you think of the no-no. Tweet me with a photo of you and the no-no. And then... Um, then that will be fun. I'm just okay. going to remove all the hair on my body with the no-no. Do it. Wow. Right just in time for our wedding. Mm-hmm. Be like, well, they, she's marrying a guy. He's so smooth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I was saying the emails. Um, well, so then I tweeted that I was going on a date. It was during the Tournament of Rosen, which was this thing on the Adam Carolla show where I was getting set up. Uh, but I tweeted something about I'm going on a date off tournament. Because I'd met someone not, you know, wasn't part of the tournament. And I tweeted something about that. And before I left for the date, I received an email from you where you asked me out. It, sort of. I mean, what you said, I think you said something like, could I be so bold as to suggest like I, we should get dinner or something? I think that we would get along. And then you went on. Like about me. I'm 37. I da 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 You made a joke about not having any luggage or baggage, I mean. <laughs> but you have a Samsonite with a broken zipper. You know, you had gotten out of a relationship. You work uh, in the you, you know you geez. work in the industry as well, so you're not just some creep. <laughs> like, mm. you kind of explained everything, and I was I was so happy when I received it. I did think I totally want to meet him. I don't, but I, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can just meet. Like, I was happy to see that you you felt that because I felt a connection as well. But I didn't know if I could just meet someone who had just emailed me. Um, but it made me happy because I was going out on that date, and I was like, oh, if. There's something back at home to think about. Um, and then I got home, and I think you had already taken it back. Like, very quickly, you <laughs> sent an email, like, apologizing, which is not necessary, saying you're you're too eager sometimes, and yeah. you don't know why you didn't well, think of this sooner, but you had just started a publishing company, and you were looking for a writer to write a certain kind of book, mm-hmm. and you think I might be right for it. Is that something I'd be interested in? Well, yeah, I think that, you know, the eager part is, you know, that's me being afraid because I was putting myself out there in this way that I'm not comfortable with. And I think that I sent that – I probably sent that email, trying to remember, um, because I just thought, uh, you know, I, it just – though I don't know. I, w- I don't know what the hell I was thinking honestly. But I think immediately it felt like I was being way too um, forward and that, you know – I don't even know you, and here I am asking you out on a date. It just seemed really like not what I wanted to be doing. Not that I didn't want to be asking you out, but I, you know, it, it just it, again. I I thought I was going crazy. So, uh, but I did have this thing that was brewing, and I thought that you would be perfect for it. And I thought once that I thought of that, I thought. Geez, I should remove the romantic part from this because that wouldn't be – I just you know, I just didn't think that would be professional. Um, and uh, yeah, I just felt awkward about it. 
So I, that's why I, I took it back. <laughs> well, so then, and I knew it was a legit. I knew it was a legitimate thing you were talking to me about, and I also knew that you liked me. Um, but it it gave me a way to get to know you without feeling pressure or creeped out. Not creeped out is too strong, but without without any pressure, because it was like a legitimate potential mm-hmm. book thing. Um. And then, uh, you know, eventually we met in person to talk about it. And I know that I got in the car afterwards and I like instantly wanted to text you. Yeah. Like yeah. I just felt like I, and we pretty much never stopped talking. Yeah. It was, um, it was pretty much exactly what I thought would happen, which is weird it because is that's weird. never happened in my life, honestly. But it's like um, meeting you and talking with you, it was just like, yeah, we just clicked. It was just like there was a connection there. I've I've said this before to you, but it's like it felt like um, I had this weird sensation of being – experiencing something as it was happening but also feeling like it had already happened. Like I was – like everything now felt inevitable between us. I don't know how to it's, – it's, it sounds crazy. But that but that that was the feeling and so that made me sort of – I felt kind of amused in this weird detached kind of way because I, I felt like I was observing things as I was experiencing them. Um, but yeah, it was like – and I didn't feel – for that reason, I never felt like in any way like we, th- there had to be games played. I didn't feel like, you know, you had, oh, I have to wait. Like we could just keep talking. Like there – it just – felt easy it felt like i don't know yeah there was an inevitability about it all yeah. those questions and should i do this or this or what does this mean that had marked all of my earlier relationships it just wasn't there yeah. with you it just was i was ne- i was not confused by anything it was just there was one not confused is not the right is is the wrong word but there was one point it was early on you said something like We've been hanging out a lot, and I think you said something like, I probably need a few days to – not to myself, you didn't say that, but like to focus on my work or maybe it will be a few days till we hang out or something like that. And I wondered, am I – is this where I'm not going to hear from you anymore? I don't remember that. But it was um, – after. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Uh, it was after we slept together. But it wasn't like immediately, but it was like so something had changed, you know. Oh, and you – okay. I, well, I just – it was just almost like a vest, vestigial or – vestigial? Vestigial? Like an old sort of – just – I wasn't really worried. I just thought I wonder. I wonder. Right. But I but I didn't I, – like I said, I wasn't worried. It was just this sort of feeling of, oh, sometimes this happens. But yeah. then, you know, you texted me and then we were texting back and forth. But I was I had my guard up a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. And then you said, so when can I see you again? Well, you were way, you were more cautious than I was. Yeah. The whole time, which was smart. I was a stranger. <laughs> like I would want you to be cautious. So I, I understood. Like I. Well, at that point, though, that was later than I'm talking um, about. Or maybe see, I, I don't can't remember, remember, I don't remember the order. I know that it felt – everything felt like it was moving slow 
or did it feel like it was moving fast? It was definitely it felt it felt disjointed. I think it was moving fast, but it felt like it was moving, moving slow. slow. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Because we, we were seeing each other so frequently. Right. We were seeing each other so frequently that it seemed like it was slow, but really it's like, oh, like this has moved fast in the space of a few weeks or right. something. Right. Like when you go back and you- Although we were just friends for the first couple months because mm-hmm. I was like, I can't be in a relationship right now mm-hmm. and et cetera. Right. Yeah. But then that all changed. Mm-hmm. But that's not when we slept together. Now I now I feel like I just need to lay it out. That was later, but maybe yeah. not that much later. I yeah. can't remember anymore. Yeah, you didn't give it up quick. <laughs> uh, no, it was a proper amount of time. It was, uh, I think, well, because I also wasn't necessarily trying to push it in a romantic direction. I mean, I I wanted it to happen, but I didn't. But the it being dating, yeah, being a, more a, than a relationship. Like I, I don't. I wanted that to happen, but I also felt like the important thing was that we know each other and that we, you know, are like in each other's life. Like I, I wasn't sure necessarily until and now I guess I, I kind of was sure, but I didn't. It's weird because I didn't have expect. It's it's a strange thing. I didn't have the expectation, so I didn't feel. Um, you didn't have an agenda. Yeah, I didn't feel That's like That's what I felt. Like I felt like there was there was no pressure, which I had never really experienced before. Right, because I didn't it's such a it's a weird it's such an odd thing. But then yeah. on my birthday, you did tell me how you felt. Yeah. Uh I think I needed to lay it out there. And and just so that it could be spoken and we could deal with it. I I don't I felt with you and this has always been the case with you, which is um you're not someone who likes things to be unspoken. Um, so I didn't think that saying anything would make anything happen, but I, I didn't want you to think that I was not having romantic feelings about you. Lest I was also having them about you. No, and- just I, I just wanted to, it to be out there. I mean, it didn't. You didn't have to do anything with it, <laughs> but it was. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to be honest about how I felt. Mm-hmm. So, which is you know scary because you just don't know, you know, what a person's gonna how they're gonna react. But I also didn't feel like you were gonna do anything that would have been hurtful or rejecting. So I felt sort of safe saying that, and I, I think I felt that you felt the same way too. So maybe I, it wasn't such a risk. Well, so what I told you is that I didn't – I couldn't be in a relationship or I didn't think I should date anyone. My life was in so much upheaval. Crazy shit was happening. I had um, just moved back. I was living at my parents again, um, you know, helping take care of a sick relative and just like I felt like I my whole world had been – turned upside down and I was so happy for this connection that I had with someone I hadn't felt that in so long um and I was really enjoying it uh on a friendship level but not just friendship but I hadn't categorized I hadn't categorized it in my head but it wasn't it wasn't here's this guy that I 
want to date. Like, I didn't put it in that category. Um, but when I would get a text from you, like, I would get excited and look – I would get excited and look forward look forward to seeing you in the way that was more akin to someone that you do have those feelings for. Mm-hmm. Um so I think what I – I explained all that and I said that I don't believe in the friend zone. I think if people are meant to be together, they will be eventually. And I still believe that, mm-hmm. I think. I, I, I believe that if something's meant to be together, eventually it just it, – it just will between two people. And that I hadn't crossed anything off the list. Like I hadn't – I wasn't defining it in any way. Mm-hmm. I haven't closed the door to anything. Maybe those are my words. Those are my words. Yeah, Did th- you feel reassured by what I said? Um, yeah. Well, we kissed. So, but, but that, yes. So, well, that was like despite everything I said. Okay. Yeah. I, I, no, I actually, that, well, your response was kind of what I was expecting, honestly. Like, I didn't think, I, I, I didn't say it thinking like you were just going to melt and be like, okay, take me in your arms. You know, what if, it's like, th- let's have a, you know, th- it was more like, I don't know. I just felt like it needed to be said, but it didn't beg a response, uh, you know, of you telling me that you felt the same way or anything. It was uh, so when you were when you were saying that you weren't ready for a relationship, it was like I kind of knew that, right? So you know, it wasn't like you were like I I understood where you were with all that stuff. Um, Well, so then I hugged you goodbye, mm. and then. Like I turned, I think you were going to kiss my cheek and I turned or something. Yeah. And then we kissed <laughs> and then we've been together ever since. But right. that was like not how I, that was not, the, the point of what I yeah. said was this is not going to be happening mm-hmm. at least not for a while. Yeah. That's my tip to guys who are trying <laughs> to get uh, ladies, confuse them, <laughs> make them, you know, like I think that I was going in for just a peck on the cheek and you thought I was going to kiss you. I don't know. It was, that's what, it that's surprised what me. Yeah. But it's uh, and then we've been together ever since. So mm-hmm. that's the part that makes me wonder my whole friend zone thing. It's like my thing of I don't believe in the friend zone. If people are meant to be together, they'll be together. But it was something physical that was like maybe those aren't maybe those aren't uh, contradictory because it's like well, what if you had listened to what I said exactly and were like, I'll keep my lips way over here? Then would I have gone home? Would we have continued? You know, would we have gotten together? I think eventually that moment would have happened anyway. Well, I, th- I think I interpreted what you were saying as you weren't ready to deal with a relationship right now. But that I didn't take it as um, – sorry. Uh, I didn't take it as you and I won't be together. That's what I meant though. That we won't be together? I mean in the 10 minutes before we actually were together, that is how I meant it. Yeah. Like ever? Oh no, that's, that's not what, what I mean. Like, no, 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 I, no, no, no. no, I know. No, we... no, no. I just, I meant, I, I don't know yet. Right. I haven't filed it in my head yet. Yeah. In yeah. any way, like I've never been, I've never felt what I feel with you. I've never been in anything like this. I've never had this sort of magnetic, magnetic attraction to talk to some someone all the time. Like I, and I don't, I don't know where this is going, but right. I'm not ready to, um. To date you because when the minute I start dating someone, then I'm nervous and I and I have to manage it and I just can't I can't 
don't have that in me right now to be that way. But I was fine. I was fine with that. I mean, I didn't. Again, it, it just felt like it was right and that it was going to happen. And I felt like you you understood that. So I didn't think that, you know, if it took time for you to come around to the idea of being in a relationship or, you know, and everything that that meant, I, I was OK waiting. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And right. And then I remember you. um well, you were ready. So then we, we were clearly together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, if it's okay, I'm going to tell people that I have a girlfriend now. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no problem with you saying that, but I, I wasn't ready to use the term boyfriend yet. Yeah, again. But f- I also wasn't dating anyone else. I mean, I think it, it felt hurried to you at that point. Which maybe it was. It, I think it was pretty early. Yeah, it probably was. To me, again, it, it, there was this, just this weird kind of... Did you already know that we were going to get married at that point? Like, had you gone that far? I, I think on some level, yeah. Yeah, I think I did know that. It's. I know it's weird. Do you have our whole lives planned? <laughs> no, no. No, I honestly, like, like I've been thinking a lot about it as we've been kind of get you know getting ready to get married. Um, I think that it's... Um, this weird feeling that, um, oh man, it is hard to describe this. Um, again, it feels like everything's already happened and we're just living through it in real time. Um, I know that's hokey and, and silly, but it's like it, that, that's how it felt. So, it, that's why I think I was just so confident because it was just like, I mean, and I, I, it was like something I didn't have to talk myself into. It was something that just, I just, it just, that's what it felt like. So it was, it was, um, it felt true. So I, I could be sort of okay with whatever was happening you know, as you were sort of wrestling with it or, but also at the same time I was hurrying things along because I was eager to get our lives started together, I think in so on some level. I don't know. It, it, well, I, I was going to say that makes it sound like you were like putting pressure on me, which you weren't. I think you were ready to move in together before I was. I think yeah. when I was looking for my first L.A. for my so I moved back to California from New York and I was living at my parents house in Orange County and I was commuting to L.A. And then we started dating and then I was staying at your place a lot. And I wanted to get my own place so that I did not have to do this insane commute. Um, but I think a little bit you probably felt like, well, why why don't we just get a place? Because it's so clear that we're together. Whereas I felt like I ha- it, like I just I have to have my own place and then we'll move in together. That like yeah. I, it was like I just have it was just sort of that's just the order you go in. Like I just mm-hmm. had to do it. I had to. Because I was on my own in New York, so I had to create that same independence in LA, and before being with you, or else I felt like it would do something un un unright. It it would put in a weird pressure on our relationship, and that's why mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't date you while I was you know straight from my parents either. Like I just I felt like I want to know that I love you for you, not. I love you because you're not my parents. 
Does that make sense? Like, right. I I want to I want to be able to evaluate this when I'm in a stronger position, not just I am drowning and you're a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Not that I ever really thought it was that, but I just felt like I'm in such a period of turmoil that. And I realized to the listeners, you might be like, what was the big deal? But there's 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 more than I am really at liberty to talk about. Right. Um, so I really wa- – I felt like I'm on shaky ground. I'm in turmoil. How can right. I, how can this be the moment that I meet the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? Right. Any, any choice I make right now is potentially suspect. So I was trying to sort of protect you from that. But I and, – and I understood that. Like when you, when you told me that, you know – Oh, I, you know, when you said, oh, I want to wait to make it officially boyfriend, girlfriend, or uh, I want to get my own place. I didn't, I mean, I got it. Yeah. I understood where you were coming from and it in, it made sense to me. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm yawning. It's just if we can't have kids because I'm so fucking old, it'll be because of that extra year that I had to live on my own in that shitty place in the Hollywood Hills. And I will resent you for the rest of our lives. I know. I remember when I um, found out I had endometriosis and before that we didn't really know. Like what happened was I um, I had some pain and so I had a pelvic ultrasound and they found a cyst, some cysts on my ovaries. Or no, did they even – I don't know if they knew they were cysts. They just like – just something, something in there. And then they did my CA-125 uh, which was very high which is a cancer marker test. Um, and But there's all these reasons that it can be artificially high, so it's really not that good of a test. Um, but And endometriosis is one of the reasons it can be high. But we just, we didn't know maybe I had cancer. That's always what they suspect right. in, you know, when they see something like that. Most likely not, but maybe that. Um, they thought it was probably endometriosis, but they weren't going to know till they went in. And, you know, I had to sign away, like, like it's possible I'll wake up from the surgery. And I had never even had general anesthesia before. It's possible I'll wake up and I'll have no uterus anymore. Like, they will have had to take everything because if they find this, then they do this and this and this. Like, basically, you just sign away your rights to everything. And I remember crying to you and saying, like, will you still love me if I can't have kids? Or maybe I just said, maybe I can't have kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I might have to get my uterus out. Did I say yes? You did. Oh. And then I had you sign something. Yeah. <laughs> it was very sweet, though, because mm-hmm. it was early. Wasn't that pretty early? I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I think it was like it maybe was December. nine months in. Yeah. So was that? No, maybe less. Yeah. yeah. It was early. Yeah, it was really early. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, Turns that's... I but that my just, uterus, though, so. But I think that just speaks to how quickly we got close i mean everything with you has been like that like i mean meeting the people the important people in your life i always meet them in crisis well we can talk about that i mean the first time you met my parents my dad had been admitted to the hospital yeah well, i met him in the emergency room or something atrial fibrillation yeah uh, yeah you know and it, right yeah which is actually not a hugely uh, dangerous thing, but I forget why. Like, I, but but it does have to be monitored or handled or something. He's had it a few times, but because he'd had a heart attack years before, 
everyone's always very nervous about his heart. Even though his right. heart's in like you know he has stents and he's his heart's in good shape, but it's right. just it's all very like it's like we all I think we all have a little bit of PTSD ever since the initial heart attack, which really, really should have killed him. Thank God he was fine. Yeah. Thank God my mom saw that he was act was like coming in and out of consciousness and like you know got taken care of. But had he been home alone, he would not have lived. So. Um, anyway, yeah, so my mom called me crying and freaking out, and so then you drove me down there, and that was when you met my parents yeah. at the hospital. Yeah, and, and, and it was like – Right, the first time you met Trevor, he was going <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's like I think each time with Trevor and with, with your folks, it's like there, there we skipped past that part where – you have the luxury of trying to present a certain right, self. like I'm walking in and I'm trying to be impressive, and um, oh, and they're nervous, and everybody's awkward, and we're getting no. It was just like, uh, <laughs> you know, he 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 was on a gurney, you know, he had things hooked up to him. It was like, okay, here here we are, you know, and and they couldn't have been more welcoming, and it was just very comfortable right out of the gate. And I think that's just with you and I, it's just, it's weird, but. All of that stuff that people go through where it's, you know, I, I just, we, I don't know. It was just like intimacy, uh, like right emotional, you know, like not feeling um, that insecurity, not feeling like you have to play games or put up fronts. Just that all that was gone in every aspect of our relationship. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. Do you want to do Just Me or Everyone? We can. Because you have some, right? I mean, I put some together if we were going to do it. Let's tell the people that I'm going to have my fucking period at our wedding. Mm -hmm. The reason I have to say that is because, you know, I have a nervous tick where I have to reveal embarrassing things. Mm -hmm. But also because I have this horrendous headache right now from the headphones on my ears and I've noticed – I only get it when I'm premenstrual. Hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know if my head expands. It's weird. Hmm. Just want to share that with everyone. Your ears become sensitive. You actually don't. You feel like I talk about periods too much on the show, right? It's been a while since I've talked about that, but I feel like you were. I feel like that was a critique, perhaps you shared with me, and you didn't like the word cyst. <laughs> I am not a person that has a lot of. I, I don't love hearing about medical issues. Hmm. Or anything to do with blood or, yeah, growths. So it's just like to me, I just ugh, I'd just rather not. But see, okay. But you know, I get it. I, I always joke: if men had periods, you we would never stop hearing about periods. Periods would be a nonstop topic of conversation. But because of the way men and women are socialized in our culture. Talking about periods is this crazy, you know, transgression. Trans, yeah, and it's just it's like insane imagine how much you'd talk about it, uh, how much Adam would talk about it if oh men had God. periods. I mean, Jesus Christ, it would be <laughs> nonstop. So, so for that reason, I think go ahead talk about it because you know it should be talked about if it's a big part of your life. But I don't know, it's blood. I just well, I can't handle blood. Yeah, it's just. Uh, so it's weird. Like I can't handle blood and viscera and all that. Like I get – like if someone – if someone's finger is bleeding, I feel like right. I want to pass out. Right. Period's fine with though. <laughs> I just I, – how often do I wear something light colored? Like never. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm just hoping, hoping, hoping against hope that the stress will make it not come till a few days later. See but now, if you'd gotten a dress, headache. if you'd gotten a dress with a bunch of tulle on it, you could wear diapers underneath that really covered it up. I know. Oh well. We still haven't seen the dress. I might have. We have more puff than you think. <laughs> Maybe All that's right. why they did that back in the day with the structured <laughs> dresses. Right. Um, okay. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just no. me? All right. What'd you say? Oh, I, ha- I had a couple, but they're on my phone. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the guys took Oh, you said they're on my phone. <laughs> I thought you were like, Chris and Gary are on your phone. I was like, I don't think they're on your oh, phone. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, okay. So how does this go? All right. I, I never so listen to your show, you, so I don't know. If you want to share one, you can. Uh, well, I, my first just me or everyone is that that song sounds to me like Gary is singing it. We get that a lot. Yeah. So I like to pretend that Gary is singing all the songs on your show, even though I love Trap Dog. That's so funny. We get that one a lot. Yeah. It sounds like the same. same I've officially never gotten that once and I've never heard that. Really? (laughs) Maybe people think Matt's singing it. (laughs) I I swear I've read it before. I believe you. They've never tagged me. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Whenever I'm around a lady who's wearing a lot of perfume, I assume she has a stinky butt. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking today, I thank parking attendants after I give them money, and then I immediately feel like a fucking jackass for thanking them for taking my money. I don't know why I thank them. Yeah. I, for what? But, attending your parking? Yeah, for taking – you know. And, uh, and I was thinking we need, we need some sort of a word for that. That, not thank you because I'm not – fuck you. You're taking my money for parking. Usually it's too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bye. Uh, yeah, bye. Just uh, – Ta. But I don't want to be rude but right. usually – I don't know. Take care. Yeah. Good day. Good day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Want more? What? We can go to the, the one on the screen. Keep, keep them coming. Yeah, no, keep, like, if you have more. <laughs> well, my only other one is I'm – Constantly terrified that I'm misremembering people's names, even if they just told I me their name. I have that. Yeah, it's like I'm. I don't. Sorry, I yelled. Yeah, but... I don't. I don't trust my own memory enough. Yes. Yeah, and I was thinking, yes. we should have a, um, uh, we should have it in our culture where a person tells you their name, and then as you're saying goodbye, they remind you of their name. <laughs> Instead of just at the beginning, because I'm not listening to anything you're saying right, right, at right. the beginning. I know. I'm me just neither. thinking. I'm looking at your your face or something. Like I'm I'm that's, distracted. That's the only thing that holds any appeal for me for like something like Google Glass is that someone can say oh. their name and then it will display across their forehead Genius. for the first like five minutes that I have to talk to them. That is good. God, that's, that's my dream. That's the world I want to live in. That, you know what my uh, tagline for Google Glass <laughs> is? What? A kick me sign for your face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, like I'm not saying I would wear Google Glass, but I look forward to – Ten years down the road, when it's not <laughs> gross looking, yeah, it's, that would be great though. Yeah, because I, I have that problem. For Maybe sure. Siri could start listening at the appropriate Siri's times. A bitch, fuck Siri. Jason Dix says, if my arm starts to hurt, I quickly note whether it's my left or right arm to assess if it's a heart attack, heart attack or not. I do that too. I don't do that. You don't? No. I don't even think it's, but I don't think it's a hundred percent 
that if you're having a heart attack, your le- left arm will hurt. But because I've heard Is that, it supposed to be your left? Yeah. Oh. Well, now I will be doing that. Right. But I don't know what kind of pain it is exactly. It's supposed hmm. to be numbness, isn't it? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, no. I don't do that. Well, I do that. Huh. I should probably read up on what co- what you feel when you're... Do you no. ever do that where you, you, you want to know what the, sim- the symptoms are of things so that do you I can ever, be prepared? Do I ever not? See, I don't do that. Oh, really? But I feel like I've been thinking lately that I should be doing that. I feel like I, I, feel like I know a lot of people who diagnose their own appendicitis. I'm ready. See, I feel like those things I would probably die because I, <laughs> I tend to not want to believe that it's anything serious. So I'd be like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then dead. Yeah. Okay, let me know if you feel anything weird. Yeah, Christian says, when I pee, if it's super clear, I won't flush. That's a waste of water. But what about the smell? Oh, like clear asparagus pee? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the flushing the pee thing is a... Is I mean, a, the, for a lady, there's always toilet paper in there, so... So you know. Well, it's not about whether you know it's in there. It's about whether, <laughs> about whether it should be flushed or not, right? Yeah, I just flush. Just flush, I say. Yeah. If it's not stinky and it's clear, I might not flush. I don't always flush. I I let it mellow a little too often, but that's just laziness. Mm-hmm. But I try to get in the habit because I'm afraid that I'm that... Pr- you know, I just figure I'll just catch it on the next one. <laughs> I think you... But then it's like, then you get into a bad habit and you'll be in public and you'll forget. Well, I feel like you don't flush at night because you don't want to flush... I don't want to make noise. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. But sometimes in the date. But I had to break myself of a years-long habit of, like, not not flushing always when I lived alone and stuff. I invented something the other day, speaking of toilets. (laughs) I invented – because I was thinking – I was in a rush to get somewhere, and I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great if you could collapse all the things you have to do in the morning? I was like, what if you had a toilet in the shower? Many people act as if they do. No, but to go number two. Oh, right. It's a so you shower while you shit. That's not a bad idea. I'm telling you, that would save precious minutes in the morning. Yeah. So. It's like a bidet shower. Yeah, and then you're clean right away. You don't right. even have to waste paper. Smart. Yeah. Mark Bazinski says, "I sometimes get so excited to take a nap that I'm unable to fall asleep." Yeah, I feel like I know what you mean. <laughs> Dr. Schmoop says, if someone tries to recall a movie, TV show, etc., and I know it, I sometimes pretend I don't either to a, I don't either. I sometimes pretend I don't know either to appear less nerdy. No, I don't. No. Yeah, I don't do that. But what I will do is, if someone uh, is really excited about something they saw, and they act like it's they're bringing it up, like they're introducing it to me, I'll sometimes act like I don't know it because I don't want to take that pleasure away from them. That they're obviously getting of introducing this thing to me that I'm already aware of. That's good for little kids. Yeah. I treat everyone like they're a little kid. Marina Del Sara says, I hate when the drive through person forgets to give me a straw. Fountain soda is meant to be consumed through a fat straw. Well, I mean, how else do you drink it if not through a straw? It's never happened to me. Yeah, that's – JV, check your bag. Well, I mean, the tr- most, most places give it to you with the straw, and if they don't, you have to check immediately. The reason they yeah. don't they, – they probably just forget because a lot of places, they give you the straw last so you don't drink while they're getting all your other stuff and ask you to refill it. Mm-hmm. So oh, people give I you, didn't like, know that. A lot of drive throughs I think I heard like they give you the straw last. So, yeah, you can't consume your wait, drink while you're waiting. Wait, so people will sit in the drive through pound their soda, yeah. and then hand it back and say refill it? Yep. 
kind of animals. When's the last time you went through a drive-thru? I feel like it's been years for me. I've probably been at Taco Bell in the last six months or something, but yeah. Be a little less slamming, says, I try to pick which Thursday personality I am most like, Sex in the City style. I like to think I'm a Gary, but I know I'm such a Matt. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Yeah, Gary, do I you think... do that? No, I'm I, such a Matt. I, I know I'm not a Matt. <laughs> we should come up with a quiz or something. If we had an app, we could yeah. have a quiz on it. I just took one of those quizzes and it was Game of Thrones. Like, which Game of Thrones character are you? What, what Game of Thrones character do you think I am? Well, that would require you know, you that I – give me some options. Nah, you don't even know. You're not character. Joffrey. No, we can talk. Uh, you're not a Joffrey. You're fair-skinned. could be a Joffrey. <laughs> you're, no, no, you're, you're, you're Tyrion. Not, you're not an asshole. No. I'm, you're Rob. I'm Daenerys. Yeah. Oh. You know what put it over the top for me, I think, is that it asks you if you treat your pet like a child. There you go. I think that's why I'm Daenerys. Where did you take this quiz? Just online. I'm going to work. <laughs> now I want to take it. Yeah, it's fun. Tony DeCoste says, when I crack an egg, Gary, remind me on a Thursday show that we should talk about, and Chris, what are some questions that would go on our who, which one are you quiz? Okay. Tony DeCoste says, when I crack an egg, I need to pick out the gross looking white stuff. What the fuck is that? Umbilical cord? And there's a photo up there of the stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe that is what it is. I mean, it's not a fertilized egg, but it is what attaches the yolk to the shell, I think. Is it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's where the flavor is. It's fucking eggs. Yeah. They're good. Who gives a shit? That's good yeah. eating. <laughs> it's not really where the flavor is. Uh, B. Slammon says, I rarely light candles because I know... Okay. I rarely light candles because I know that when I blow them out, the steaming black wick makes an unpleasant scent. Hmm. Well, I will light a candle, but I know what you mean. There's a weird, yeah. It's like the candle repeats on you. You got to cut that part off. I used to um, keep scissors near the candle and just snip it off, and then it'll. Because sometimes it'll go on and on. If you've had that candle lit yeah. for a long time, it'll go on and on and on. Well, Daniel, mm. thank you so much for doing my show. Thank you. I have a, the worst headache ever in the entire universe. Well, I don't know. We'll take something for it. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to say that um, because I'm dying. But how do you feel? Uh, I hope it was good. It was good. I hope it was interesting. Hasn't this been a welcome break from all the wedding planning craziness? Uh, Yeah. Which we need to get back to right when we get home. It's nonstop. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. For doing this. I hope this was yeah. fun for the listeners. Sorry it took so long for me to come on. It's okay. But here I am. Here you are. Um, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps an egg or a candle or uh, a Game of Thrones DVD or what have you, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You can get that by searching, hey, go fuck yourself. From your iPhone in the iTunes store, we have a special bonus episode, which we recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival with Doug Benson and Matt Costa and Gary and Matt and Chris and me. And the genesis of the butter sandwich debate is on that episode. So if you're a fan of the show and you haven't listened to that episode, then I don't know what kind of fan you are. It's only $1.99. You can get that um, by 
searching the comedy album or by going, excuse me, going to the comedy album section of the iTunes store. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Um, you can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. For Chris. Uh, check out the Thursday show. Daniel's coming back. That's right. Huh. I think I forgot to plug the Amazon. I forgot to plug Amazon on the Thursday show. So, you guys. Click on it twice. Go twice. <laughs> yeah. Bookmark it. If not more. Yeah, and bookmark it. And Daniel, do you mm-hmm. want to tell them where to follow you, you or whatever? You can follow me on uh, Twitter at, at Daniel Quants or Instagram for pictures of our sweet little puppy. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by NoNo. To get your NoNo and take advantage of the exclusive offer for my listeners, go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. That's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815.